The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today we conclude the message entitled The Brazen Serpent. You may recall that the context of John 3.16 demands that John 3.16 be interpreted not as an eternal salvation verse, that is, a verse telling us how to become saved eternally, but rather an eternal security verse, that is, a verse that gives us assurance of our salvation when we find ourselves believing and trusting in Christ. Today, we conclude the message entitled The Brazen Serpent by looking at the ways in which Christ being lifted up on the cross or even as the brazen serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Down at the feet of Jesus, I Oh 
But notice what happened when they began to murmur. It said, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. So God is sending these serpents. I don't know if they were actually on fire or if their, their bite stung like fire or what. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The Lord doesn't, doesn't make that uh, uh, an issue for us to, to worry about. But, I, but whatever it was, it was a really bad situation. These serpents were just constantly going among these people and biting them, and much people died. In verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, and for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And now look what God did as a remedy. The Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live and Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent, a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Remember what we read over in John chapter 3. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So let's talk about the serpent for a few minutes. The context here. Remember, for God so loved the world. All of this leading us up to that great statement of God's love for his people. So let's talk about the serpent. What, what did the serpent look like? What did the serpent look like? The serpent looked like all the other serpents. The serpent of brass that he made looked like the other serpents. It was shaped to look like the fiery serpents that were going among the people and killing them. Well, beloved, I read where the Lord Jesus Christ was made like unto his brethren. You turn over sometime to Hebrews chapter 2. Well, in fact, let's just do that right now. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 2, and let's see what it says about the Lord. In chapter 2 and verse 14, he says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He didn't take on, and it goes on to say in verse 16, Verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, like that serpent of brass, look like his fellow men. I, I want to say to you, this, this is important to understand, that the Lord Jesus Christ was fully man. He was a divine, he was, he was divinity embodied as a man. He was fully God and fully man. We'll come to that in a minute. But, but I read over in the 11th chapter of John that Jesus wept. I read over in the 4th chapter of John that he was thirsty. I read elsewhere that he was asleep on a boat. He had to sleep. He had to rest. He wept. He groaned in his spirit. He was hungry. The Lord Jesus Christ looked like his fellow men out there. He, looked, he was made like unto his brethren. He had the form. He had the characteristics of mortal man. But there's one thing different about the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember that serpent that looked like the fiery serpents? The fiery serpents had a venom that the serpent of brass didn't have. The serpent of brass had no venom. The Lord Jesus Christ had the form, he had the shape, he had the appearance of his fellow men, but there was a difference. Over in Hebrews chapter 4, 
In verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Remember what we said? He's, he looks like his brethren. He had the form and the characteristics of mortal man. He looks like him. He ate like him. He slept like him. He rested like him. He got tired like him. He, he in all points, has been tempted just like you are. There's not a temptation you've ever faced or ever will face in your life that the Lord Jesus Christ has not, had not, did not face while he was here on this earth. But it says he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. See, there was something different about that brass serpent as opposed to those fiery serpents. Those fiery serpents had a venom that the brass serpent did not. Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ was, came down in the form of a servant. He really was a man. But this man was different in one respect from all the other men around him. He had no sin in him. What did he say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21? He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There was a time when he became sin for us, but he had no sin in him of himself. You see, the serpent looked like the others, but there was one important difference. The Lord Jesus Christ looked like us and was a man, but there was one important difference. He didn't have the Adam nature that we possess. Well, let's look at what the serpent was made of. The serpent was made of brass. Brass in the Bible is emblematic of judgment. The judgment here for sins took place when Jesus was lifted up. You see, that fiery serpent that he made of brass that was lifted up there uh, was emblematic of the judgment of God, of, of, of the fact that, judge, that God was not happy with what they had done and judgment had to fall. Judgment in their case had fallen in the, in the form of the fiery serpents. Beloved, the judgment for sins took place when the Lord Jesus Christ was lifted up on the cross. We're told in Psalm 75 and verse 8 that in the Lord's hand there's a cup and the wine is red, it's full of mixture. And he says, He poureth out of the same, but the dregs thereof all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. Beloved, all the wicked of the world will wring out this cup of the wrath of God and drink it to its dregs. But praise God, the Lord Jesus Christ did that on behalf of His people. You know, otherwise... If the Lord had not laid down his life for his elect people, every single one of us would have to do the same thing that the wicked of the world are going to do, which is to drink of the judgment of God for all eternity. And it will be wrung out to its dregs, and they will drink it all. But praise God, it was wrung out to its dregs on the cross on behalf of his elect people. And his elect people will never have to face that kind of judgment because the Lord Jesus Christ faced it for us. You remember Psalm 85 and verse 10? You know, our God is a holy God. Our God is a righteous God. Our God is a God that sin cannot come into his presence. And yet we're told he's a merciful God. 
His mercy is so great and His judgment is so great, it appears to be two contradictory uh, aspects of the nature of God. And how can it possibly, those two ever come together? Praise God, it says in Psalm 85 and verse 10, mercy and truth are met together. True judgment was met with mercy on the cross of the, where the Lord Jesus Christ hung. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. You know, righteousness in our case, I don't want righteousness. I don't want righteousness judgment in my case. I don't want what I deserve. I don't want justice. I need mercy, but there's no way for me to meet the judgment of God. So the Lord Jesus Christ met it on my behalf. <laughs> and there on the cross, mercy and truth met together and righteousness and peace kissed each other on behalf of every single one of his children. And something else about what that ser serpent was made of the serpent was made up of two combined metals. You know, that's what brass is. Brass is a combination of copper and zinc. And when he lifted up that brass serpent, it was a, a compound. It was two together to make one. Well, I've already mentioned this, but have you thought about the fact that Jesus Christ was a combination of God and man? Now, I didn't say he was half God and half man. He was all God and all man. <laughs> but he was a combination of both. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. I'll turn there and read it just so I don't get it wrong. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 tells us a little bit about him coming uh, in, in, in this combination form, if you will. In chapter 4 and verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, there's the divine, made of a woman, there's the man, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, perhaps the next thing I'm about to tell you is perhaps I don't know if I can say the most important, but it's one of the sweetest parts of this. Who was the serpent lifted up for? Now remember, we're talking about as and so. As the serpent was lifted up, so will the Lord Jesus Christ be lifted up. Now, if the serpent was lifted up for all of Adam's posterity, then we'd have to say that the Lord Jesus Christ was lifted up for all of Adam's posterity. If what the serpent did was general and unlimited and universal, then so was what Jesus did. But let me just say this, the opposite is true as well. If the serpent was not lifted up, for all of Adam's posterity, for the entire human family, then we've got to conclude that the Lord Jesus Christ was not lifted up for the entire human family. We've already read it back over here, but I don't have to go too far to just point out to you that this serpent was lifted up among a particular people, among a special people, the children of Israel. It was lifted up for Israelites, it was not lifted up for Egyptians and Jebusites and Kenites. And it wasn't lifted up for the Inca and for the Aztec and for the American Indian. It was not lifted up 
for the, those in Asia and other places like that, it was lifted up for a special and particular people, the Israelites. And by the way, it wasn't even lifted up for all the Israelites. <laughs> all the Israelites. There were some healthy Israelites that never got bit. There were some Israelites that didn't need a remedy. They didn't, they didn't, they'd never been bitten. There were some that had already died. Praise God, though, that this serpent was not lifted up for the entire human family and not even for all of Israel, but it was lifted up for those who had been bitten by the serpent. Only those who had been bitten by the serpent benefited from this brazen serpent that was lifted up. The serpent was not a benefit to the entire human family, not even all of Israel, but for a special and a particular people. Let me tell you, beloved, if as and so apply, then that means that the Lord Jesus Christ himself was not lifted up for the entire human family. The Lord Jesus Christ was lifted up to benefit the elect family of God. He was lifted up for a special and a particular people. And we're told that that people in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 is out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. He didn't die for every kindred and every tongue and people and nation. He died for a people out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. You see. Just like that serpent. The serpent wasn't lifted up for, for the Eskimos up in, uh, in the Inuit peoples up in the Arctic. It wasn't lifted up for those in the dark reaches of Africa and the, uh, the Amazon basin. It wasn't lifted up for anyone but this special and particular people who needed a remedy because they'd been bitten, you see. And by the way, who saw the serpent? Who looked at, you remember he said, all those that uh, beheld the serpent lived. Not one dead man looked. Not one dead man looked. It was only those that were living. <laughs> I realize that in the world today, we're told that the dead alien sinner has to look to Jesus in order to be saved eternally. But beloved, just like that serpent, not one dead man will ever look to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he's dead in trespasses and in sins. 1 Corinthians 2.14. I know I harp on this, but I tell you it's in the Bible and it's one of the foundational truths. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that uh, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. Dead men did not behold the serpent. It took someone who was alive and had vision to see it. Same thing with Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto, us, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Jesus has already, we've already seen where Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So let's go back to our text and let's look at it in context. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, have eternal life. Notice he didn't say whoever will believe. Whoever finds themself, themselves in the position of believing and trusting right now. You know, I, I've talked to many people through the years even those who believe in the doctrines of grace. And some would say, well, I've just never had the experience that I think is necessary in order for me to feel like I'm a child of God and, worth, and, and eligible to join the church. 
I want to say to you, beloved, I've not had that experience either. <laughs> you know, some people say, well, I can point you to the time. I can, I can mark out the I can tell you exactly when I was born again. And you may can. I'm not, I'm not discounting those that, that are able to do that. There may be some that, that are able to do that. But I can tell you, I affirm to you tonight, I can't tell you when I was born again. But I can tell you one thing that I do know. I believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's evidence that I have been born again. <laughs> Talking to a man one time and said, you know, uh, I just didn't feel like I could, I could join the church till I had some special spiritual experience like a, a lot of people talk about uh, where they got overwhelmed with emotion and began to weep. Well, I've had those experiences, but I, that was after I already believed. <laughs> Brother Craig, I'm not trying to have that kind of an experience uh, in order to um, uh, get saved. Some people have a road to Damascus experience. I'm not discounting that, but I want to say to you tonight. That all that matters in your life as far as your assurance goes and your security and being able to, to just rest in the, in, the, in the knowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ has paid your sin debt is trusting in Him and believing in Him as we sit here. If you find yourself believing and trusting in Him right now, you don't have to do something else to get saved. You've already been saved, <laughs> to use their terminology. You've already been born again. And that's what he's telling us here. For, for, based on all I've told you, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. I believe he's still talking to Nicodemus here. Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. This is how it happens. It doesn't come from you. It's something that comes from, the, from above. He says, uh, I want to tell you, remind you about the serpent in the wilderness. It was for a particular people that was in need and saw their need and looked to Christ. He says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe. That's not what it says. Whosoever believeth. That's present tense. It's right now. It's not a future condition. See. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know I know there's lots of bells and whistles out in the mainstream religious world today. A lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of entertainment going on, a whole bunch of loud clanging cymbals, so to speak. But I want to say to you tonight, if you find yourself, just like this one here, believing and trusting in Him, that's all that matters. That's all you need. You don't need some kind of special experience. You don't need some kind of special baptism you don't have to speak in tongues or run up and down the aisles and get overwhelmed i mean i've been overwhelmed with the spirit from time to time but i'm generally not overwhelmed on a daily basis but i trust him i believe in him and i'm thankful for that because that's not the condition to get me to heaven that's security that's my security that i am one of those that he died for I'm one of those that he was lifted up for. I'm one of that particular elect people of God, that world. See, the world here that he's talking about is not every person of Adam's posterity. You know, people take that word world and make it something it's not. <laughs> the word world there is a particular world, the world of his people, you see. You know, you say, well, everywhere you read world, it's talking about every person in the human family. Well, I read in... One place, John 17th chapter, that Jesus said, I pray not for the world. 
oh my, is that world the same world? that The world that God loves, every single one of the human family, and yet Jesus says, I'm not praying for them? <laughs> no. You see, you've got to read it in context. You've got to understand that the world he's talking about here is that world, those particular special elect people, not special in themselves, but particular people that he loved before the foundation of the world, he was lifted up for, just like that serpent was lifted up for a particular people. But praise God, when we look to our serpent, our brass serpent, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was lifted up for us, when we look to him, you know, that's the only time I find comfort in this world. I get my eyes off of him quite a bit. I get to looking around at all the things I got to do. I get to looking in a horizontal view. And I forget and I lose all kinds of assurance. <laughs> I, get, I get so anxious and, and overwhelmed with, with stress and you know, when it, you know when I'm able to, to finally get back to that comfort of assurance is when I get my eyes on our Lord Jesus Christ, who just like that serpent was lifted up for us. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.